0: And welcome to another episode of Square Waves FM. Wow, we're back. We're back. Hi. And two weeks of vacation because Brian had time off from work. So yay, we're back. Yay. Did you I hope you
1: guys missed us. We missed you. I didn't miss them. No, me neither. <laughs> it's just an idle pleasantry and of empty, empty empty compliment. Of course, of course.
0: Hi, guys. So, today's episode number seventy-one, and hopefully, we'll be getting around to talking to about we'll get around to talking about the actual topic, which is customizing your desktop OS.
1: Yeah, we may or may not.
0: We have a ton of show notes because Ryan actually got off his butt and managed to do something useful this week. Well,
1: useful is a strong word.
0: <laughs> okay, I did,
1: I did something.
0: True. He decided to d- attempt
1: to be useful. Well.
0: Attempt Social. Are we yeah. talking
1: about the same thing? I don't remember being useful this week. I went to work. I guess that's a use. It's a use.
0: I don't know if it's useful. Well,
1: it's useful if you need money. Well, we do.
0: <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> okay. Hi. Okay, so I guess we'll uh, just jump back into things?
1: Yeah, yeah. We remember how. Two weeks is a long time, man.
0: Yes, it is. Two weeks are fucking off.
1: That's the way. hmm Did we ever... Oh my gosh! We didn't and make any notes about it. Did we do anything this vacation? Uh, I think I told everybody. Yeah, I told I told everybody about the big conference that I helped organize. Yes, she did. Last time. Oh, I'm <laughs> stiff. I need to stretch while we do this. Um,
0: oh, there's something you can tell them that you started.
1: Well, it's because I hadn't started it then.
0: No, but we can you but you can tell the nice people why you're stiff and moaning like a uh
1: like a cat <laughs> just, in heat. Um, maybe I should just leave it at that and leave it to their imaginations. <laughs> yeah, right. I am stiff and moaning, aren't I? Yes you are.
0: Well actually <laughs> for those of you who don't want it left to your imagination. Yes. Brian is now uh doing weight training at the same with the same trainer that I use.
1: Yeah. Weight training that means that I eat a stick of butter every single day in the hopes of increasing my weight. <laughs> Oh, that's what I do there. What do you do there?
0: I lift weights. Oh, you
1: lift weights. Oh, okay. That's different. No, that's the same. That's what I'm doing now, too. Mm hmm
0: So now he's super stiff, and I can uh, torment him just by lifting his arms up and watching him make this incredible face that that looks like someone just slowly ripping a sticker or like a band-aid off like a really hairy part of your body (laughs) you know like you know how sometimes when you have a band-aid on your knee and it's like kind of hairy there and then you want to take the the band-aid off but you but you gotta do it really slowly because it's like super painful when you're pulling the uh, sticker part off yes well that's what happens when I lift his arm yeah don't it do that <laughs> oh
1: oh my triceps I have triceps <laughs> yeah, I so he makes a
0: face similar to that and you heard the moaning that's the kind of moaning that uh, you kind of do when you're pulling uh, a band-aid off
1: it's the kind of moaning that I do <laughs> yes yeah
0: and all so, I did was lift his arm up
1: yeah so we're fortunate enough that uh, there's a very nice lady in the building next to us who is a personal trainer and has a little gym in her apartment, so we waddle over there and we crawl back, <laughs> and it is a mutually agreeable arrangement. Yes, it is, it's and we good. get
0: uh, a really good price because, she, you know, family friends of the family, discount.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's friends with Bianca's dad, mm-hmm. who was on the show a little bit a while ago. Hi, Dad. We're going to have him back one of these days.
0: Yep. To see if, uh, so
1: what else did we do on vacation? Uh-huh. I was sick for half the vacation, so I wasn't exactly a barrel of monkeys. True, and I think you might have caught it from me. Maybe. Were you, oh, yeah, you were slightly sick. You don't really get very sick, do you? No, I don't. You're very resilient, and so was I. So was I when I was younger. I don't know what happened to me. Because I, was, no, I wasn't that sick, but I was a little unpleasant. Um, You got just,
0: married, and you became a, whim- a sniveling sack of
1: shit. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know if it's because I've been living with animals, maybe. I don't know.
0: I've always had animals, so I don't know. It doesn't affect me at all, I mean.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm building immunities that you've had, that you've long since developed. I don't know.
0: Uh, yeah, I've had immunity since I was a cha- since I was an infant. My parents always had a cat.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Um,
0: he was sick for half of it, and then he was better for the other half.
1: I was so tired after that. After that conference and everything, plus I mean it was a conference with like four hundred plus people, four hundred and thirty people or something. Mm-hmm. So, if anyone has ev- if anyone has anything, then everyone has everything by the time it's done, I suppose. True. So, I'm I'm. Pardon me if I still clear my throat a little bit, but anyway, uh, we I also
0: was, uh, blew a bunch of money on the Steam sale.
1: Not that much. The game that I paid the most for was. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, since we mentioned it, why don't we talk about it now? That's a game that you bought. You bought that. You pre-ordered that. You are yep. really stoked for that, because you enjoyed the first and second ones. What was your impression of the third one?
0: I did not get the story at all. The other two were actually cool, because they had that tall Nam and Cold War tie-ins, which I found really awesome.
1: Well, the first one was all wars that had already happened, and the second one was like alternate present and alternate near future yeah, well, I guess ba- near future. yeah
0: based on uh, some of the event that occurred in the previous game to a degree and so, but, not, but it was there's no actual continuity but it was sort of based on that
1: so, I think there was continuity
0: mm-hmm. to a degree I said yeah okay but yeah I love those other two just because there's all these second world war games there's all these near future and far future games but so few cold war where you go in so I thought that was kind of nice
1: well, Cold War didn't actually have any combat, did it?
0: No, not a whole lot, but there was still some combat. I mean, there is the whole... It's like
1: Call of, call of Office Duty.
0: No, there was a lot of... Uh, there was, there were There's wars. There was espionage
1: and stuff. I'm not the history buff, you're the history buff. I thought there
0: it, was, was, like, it was espionage, but there were some wars. There was the Vietnam War, there was um, oh, okay. various South American wars that were... Uh, well, that's cool. not
1: lumped in with the term Cold War, though, is it? Yes, it is. Oh.
0: Because um, they, these were used, these were covertly sponsored by by Russians, by by Russians and the Americans. I see. Like the missiles in Cuba, Russians. Yeah. They of pigs, Americans. So I mean, there that whole. They they both had their own. They they had their hand, their hands in the cookie jar. Even they deny it. Okay. There was Vietnam, of course, which was uh, America was involved in after uh, France mm Hmm. The, and the Russians were involved to a degree because they uh, influenced the ideology of the uh, North Viet- Vietnamese government. Oh, interesting. Yeah, why else do you think America won there? It's communist. Right, the boogeyman. Hmm. But yeah, the third one, I was really looking forward to it. It sounded pretty cool, but then the story just was so stupid. I couldn't get by the fact that there were these really long, unskippable cutscenes coupled with this Well, there's
1: they were largely skippable. Mostly skippable. Mostly.
0: But some of the stuff was just what the fuck is going on? Why am I here? What's going on? Huh? It's
1: very it's very like futuristic sci-fi, what's real, what's not, dream world kind of stuff. It's like World of Warcraft is more grounded in reality than Call of <laughs> Duty Black Ops 3. Well, I mean, I bought it. I wasn't going to buy it. I bought it because you can play the main campaign in co-op. That was cool. That yeah, was well, deep- which is a rare thing for any game, and mm-hmm. I love playing games with Bianca, and especially on vacation. We thought, I figured, we could have a game that we could that we both enjoy that we could play together. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we both enjoyed it. We played through it. We kind of reluctantly played through it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we played it just to finish it.
0: Yeah. Sometimes. Except for some reason, it kept putting us back mission because of uh, his. Bro- I had already started the game, and Brian hadn't.
1: Yeah, that's right. You started over, and sometimes it would put us later in the game than I had seen, and we did the same mission like three times or something because it oh, did wow, save our so progress. Painful. that was painful. It was painful. It was okay. It was not a... I don't know. It's hard to say it was not a good game. I mean, the elements were there. It had production values. It had action you aimed at stuff, and you clicked your mouse button, and then the stuff you aimed at went kaboom. <laughs> you threw grenades,
0: and shit went kaboom.
1: Oh, yeah, threw lots of grenades by accident. <laughs> it also had, like, your magic power button. Yeah, you could, like, choose which magic power went onto the magic power button. <laughs> but they were all boring. None of those skills interested me whatsoever. Maybe they're for multiplayer. Maybe that's what makes it more interesting. And you can run on walls and stuff like that. And You can run on walls and mirror's edge. Double jump. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's a game that's largely about movement. Running on walls, they just stuck it in here or there. They made that a requirement in very rare instances. Sometimes, I, I think it must have been it must have been balanced for multiplayer because for single player, it really had no purpose.
0: Yeah, although I did use the uh, some of the. Um Magic buttons. I used a uh, to control a robot because we kept encountering these really big, gigantic uh, robots. And, I, and it became it it became smart of us to uh, have one person actually shoot it and have the other person either control it or take a mounted gun. Okay. Yeah, because I did use the CC the crowd control on these uh, bigger uh, robots.
1: Okay. Well, with stuff like that, I felt the best game that we played that used mechanics similar to that was Fear Three. Of all things, because that wasn't necessarily a good game either. But it was a it was quite a good co op game because it was like an asymmetric co op game where one person is like a regular soldier and the other person's like a magical psychic power, uh, like uh, taking over people's minds, kind of a soldier. Yeah, that, like possessing I will, people.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That was a good game. For I that. had a
1: good. I had a good time with that, and that was a re- that game did a really good job of requiring both players to use their unique powers to get through different scenarios. I enjoyed that. I, I, I was I've I have proposed playing that again with you, because we never finished it. I think we got pretty far in it, but we never finished it. Mm-hmm. But I don't care that much, and you don't care that much, so it never really happened. Nope. We should play it again, though, because it was okay. Yeah, we should. As long as you disassociate it with the phenomenally excellent original Fear game, which you own... And really ought to play. Yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. Because if you like play. single-player, story-based first-person shooters, you're probably never going to do better than the original Fear. That is a that is a really cool game. That's a really really cool game, and it holds up very well today. the The graphics have aged somewhat, but really elegantly. And particularly on our 144 hertz monitors, that game looks glorious. It's a very well animated game. So
0: basically, it's like melted butter being poured in a frying pan. Sure.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> butter.
0: Mm, butter. Slather it on. <laughs> um, I don't know what my problem is, but I just
1: uh, what else do we do on vacation? We did very little on vacation. I was just so exhausted from that stupid conference that uh, whatever ambitions we may have had, they all melted like butter.
0: <laughs> Although, we did finish our second uh, beginner Japanese class.
1: Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we've now completed a total of 22-hour <laughs> Japanese classes. Gakusei no... Nihongo no gakusei desu. Hi. Um... Yeah, so I'm I'm very pleased with us for sticking to it like that, although we haven't practiced our Japanese in the past couple of weeks because we've been too lazy. Let's do it this week, maybe tomorrow. Huh? Yep. We should go to a French cafe and practice Japanese. Since you are trying to order in Japanese at the French cafe. No, you're...
0: I just responded with yes in Japanese. Ah, I should have said we oui just to... Uh... Uh, Bert obviously wants to say something. I think she said her two cents. Hi, Tootie. Rudy Tootie. Although she's, she's getting better at talking. Yesterday, she was almost saying uh, baby bird very clearly. She does say baby clearly now.
1: She does. Yeah, I heard her say baby bird quite clearly the other day, and uh, she's getting smarter and smarter. Mm-hmm. And she blows kisses. She blows kisses. When you lean, in, you lean in really close, sometimes she'll blow you a little kiss, and sometimes when she'll reach forward towards one of her toys or towards a bowl of food, she'll blow it a kiss. It's real sweet. Mm-hmm. She seems to associate kissing with proximity, <laughs> which is okay.
0: Yep, and I'm getting her to turn... I can get her to turn over cups to look for food. Mm-hmm. I'm getting her to uh, to forage for some of her treats. I don't give her treats outright. I make her work for them.
1: Yep, she's a smart little girl. We're trying to stimulate her intelligence and her curiosity, which has its ups and downs, because she's, now she's intelligent and curious, which makes her a real handful. <laughs> so that's okay. She's a good bird, and she's in good health. Mm-hmm. We love our tootie.
0: So... We played that. Uh, did we play
1: anything else? Well, we played lots. Let's get to that later on, huh? I have a feeling we'll end the show with it. Oh gosh, we have played this week. We played so much because it was our whole vacation and all. So let's let's get to that when we get to that, huh? Mm-hmm. All okay. right. Well, let's do our internet. I have the first our internet. Let's do our pre-show notes. The first note of which I have is about our internets.
0: Yay, internet!
1: Yay for fast internet is how I label this this <laughs> note. So. Uh, Last week, World of Warcraft uh, released their pre-expansion patch.
0: And the pre-expansion patch goes live on 19th of July.
1: Hooray! Yeah, yeah, two days from now. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when WoW does a pre-expansion patch, or always, whenever they're going to release a new expansion pack, they do quite an intensive overhaul of a lot of the underlying major systems. There's usually major changes to all of the character classes and to the buttons you press. Sometimes the skills that you do change completely. Sometimes they eliminate a whole bunch of skills. Sometimes they bring back or they replace new skills with older skills that people liked better. They're fantastic about uh, accepting people's feedback.
0: For the most part. Some stuff they don't do, but they usually, but when it comes to certain things, they will uh, respond to players' input.
1: Hmm. Well, I think they're excellent. Personally, I think mm-hmm. they're really excellent. I mean, they can't make everyone happy. They have, they have like over ten million players. Exactly. So I mean, but they kind of have a good. They they kind of have a good sense of like feeling the heartbeat of the majority mm-hmm. and doing what's best for the community at large, and also pandering as best as possible to the really hardcore players because those are the ones that stay uh, subscribed. There's the casual players that'll play for a month or two after the expansion's out and then abandon it until the next one. And then there's the hardcore players that pretty much say, stay.
0: And then there's subscribe.
1: these... Oh my gosh, you don't update your damn updates, dude. I didn't even my notice th- until uh, recently. Might well, well. Geez. <laughs> I jeez. I didn't do that right now. You do that right now. It's, Negligent. Yeah, so woman.
0: speaking of pre-patch, I got a beta invite to... Uh, ...to uh, test out the uh, new uh, expansion Legion. So, I, so I've so i had a chance to see what will be uh, uh, coming out in this pre-expansion uh, patch. And some of the stuff looks pretty good. I've seen the new transmog system, which looks awesome. I've what seen... transmog? Transmogification is the ability to change how your armor looks in game.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, any, um, so there's so much armor and so many items that you have come across in World of Warcraft. I mean, the game's been around for how long? A decade now? More than... Twelve years? Yeah. Jeez, that's awesome. So, and there's been many expansion packs. Is what, six expansions now or something? One, two, three... Yeah. Five or six, whatever. So, and there's mm-hmm. multiple bits of gear and stuff that you will have picked up in those expansion packs. And the the gear usually looks a certain way per expansion pack. So... Like there'll be, I don't know, it'll be like furry or spiky or or outlandish, like monstrous looking. There's a very there's very unique art styles for each of those expansions, and people prefer one or another. But uh, you don't really have the luxury of wearing whatever gear that you want in a game like this. You it's a game of numbers, so you want to wear the most effective armor, no matter what it looks like. So World of Warcraft introduced the transmogrification system, which allows you to apply the visual. Look, the visual appearance of any piece of gear, to whatever gear you're wearing, and it's been a little bit. It was more popular than I thought. I think they anticipated it would be. So they kind of overhauled.
0: Yeah, that they system. overhauled the system.
1: Can you describe it?
0: Okay, so for the new changes are they actually gave you like a wardrobe closet that that you can you use to collect the various pieces of gear into. So um, normal, so items that drop for you that are uh, bind, that are uh, soul bound, meaning that they're bound specifically to you and no one else can use them. The appearance is automatically learned, considered learned. Mm. But if you get an item that's considered bind unequipped, meaning that in order to use it, you have to uh, accept it as your own item, and then no one else can use it. But bind unequipped means that you can trade it to other players before. Uh, they can keep the, that item can keep being traded until somebody makes it uh, soulbound. Put it don't. on, yeah. Mm-hmm. So soulbound items are automatically uh, incorporated into your uh, personal wardrobe. That's but, great. But bind unequipped aren't. So you have what about, to learn those. What about questing gear? That's always bind on it. That's always that's soulbound. So, so those
1: are automatically added to your in, to yes, your wardrobe.
0: Yep. Yeah, if it's uh, buy, if it's soulbound, it's automatically mm. added.
1: Is it per character or per account?
0: I think it might be account wide.
1: That would be incredible. Mm-hmm. That'll encourage people to kind of play the whole game again and to do all the quests again to get all those gear pickups.
0: Yes. What's other? It's also interesting wow. is um, currently in this with the current patch, not the upcoming one. You can you can choose to display your cloak and or helm at your own will the rest of the gear you can't choose to toggle it In the new expansion you can choose to toggle on or off shoulders
1: Oh, so did you find those toggles in the end?
0: Yes, you have to actually go to the transmogrification uh, uh. vendor in order to do it. It wasn't immediately intuitive, which is unfortunate, so I put in a suggestion mm-hmm. to the uh, developers. I went through and, I note, and, uh, and after playing the uh, beta, I put in a few suggestions and I uh, lodged a couple of bugs
1: mm-hmm.
0: and made note of a few things that I didn't think looked right.
1: Good for you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, nice. See, I, I, just, ha- I haven- didn't
0: think that... I found that the uh, new uh, transmog system is good but the, the uh, display home and display cloak weren't immediately intuitive because they weren't in the UI menu where they were before
1: mm-hmm not that it was intuitive where they were before either it was like in the game display user interface display options mm-hmm you had more to do with what you're wearing than what the game how the game operates
0: exactly so it was uh, it wasn't immediately intuitive so I figured so I, I suggested that they make it so it's more obvious for players who aren't familiar with this new system mm-hmm So, what this means is that if you're like me, you've hoarded tons of armor, that armor you can now sell. Oh, and something else I noticed, that because I kept getting uh, other armor too, I have uh, many pieces unlocked for different uh, pieces, for uh, different slots. You can, the idea is now you collect bracers, gloves, everything, pants, chest pieces, helmets, Mm-hmm. yeah so if you haven't been collecting bracers now's the time to do it because there's achievements for having unlocked certain numbers of uh, vanity items and uh,
1: that's great mm-hmm. that's really great mm-hmm.
0: and there's more and they can and a few toys that and a few items that uh, weren't previously considered toys are now toys as well
1: okay that's good because yeah there were some things you had to keep in your bag or in your bank or whatever yeah your bank is monstrously Full clutter. <laughs> I hope that this new expansion helps to alleviate that. Oh, to some it completely
0: degree. will, and I am going to make so much money when I sell the fucking crap in my bank.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this expansion mm-hmm. cautiously. Yeah. Now, I, I've been it's- playing ever since we saw the movie. You know, off and on. I played a bunch this weekend, mm-hmm. and I'm realizing that I don't really care about the Legion, what's it? no, the Warlords of Draenor expansion that's out now. I don't really like it that much. I don't know why. It didn't, really, it didn't really do it for me. I've been subscribed less to this expansion than any of the other expansions, really, since I started playing in, you know, many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the next one is a little more compelling.
0: It's pretty good so far. I'm just doing the basic... I'm just, tr- I'm just testing out the mechanics of stuff. I'm not, I'm not reading quest text. I'm just looking to see what my objective is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save reading the text for when the actual expansion's out.
1: Okay. Yeah, be fairly warned. I'm going to voraciously read any text that comes my way my first time through.
0: Mm-hmm. Something else that's interesting so far that I've seen, and it's, um, it was in the uh, Demon Hunter starting area.
1: That's the new class, Demon Hunter?
0: Yeah. You get a pop-up. War, War, Warcraft 3 style With a little portrait A little talking head portrait And the, 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 the yeah, dialogue text
1: Oh yeah, so instead of just Some text floating on screen Or in a box You actually see the, the headshot mm-hmm. The portrait talking It's kind of like an adventure game like that
0: Yeah, it's pretty nice it's, yeah, It is nice the new, the new area has a really beautiful map I'm hoping that they apply it to the rest of the game
1: I don't know if they will, though. Oh, yeah, Google Maps style, where you can zoom all the way out or all the way in? Yeah. They, I, I'm amazed that they didn't do that for all expansions. I'm really surprised that they mm-hmm. didn't do that. They should have. That's overdue. Mm-hmm. There are expansions that have done that for years and years. Or Sorry, not expansions. There are mods that have done that for years in that game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's You zoom way out, and it's like the nice like cartographer's uh, sepia-toned map like you see when it's zoomed out, and then the more you zoom in, it, like, switches to the detailed, up-close map style. Mm -hmm. So I'm really surprised that they didn't do that. But that's kind of been Blizzard's MO. They sort of look at what the most popular mods are, and they incorporate those features in a very polished way into the base game. And then you kind of need to rely a little bit less on add-ons every time an expansion's out. Yep. But... When you're beta testing it, you can't use any mods, I believe, or there's no mods made for it really yet.
0: No, but I believe that the mod the modding community might be involved. Oh yeah, so they will look closely
1: to, to see where the opportunities are.
0: Yeah, and it's a t- and it's an opportunity for them to test their own mods just to get them up to snuff. Mm-hmm. Which means that I hope that so I hope that means that my mod my core mods that I rely on, um, Mister's Diablo orbs. Postal identity. Actually, I don't really care about identity.
1: Yeah, um, we don't chat that much. Dominoes
0: either. will be uh, ready to go. If not, I'm not terribly dis. I'm actually don't mind the uh, the bars in the uh, in the UI. Oh wow! I do want a bigger map though. The uh, map in the top right hand corner is way too small.
1: Oh, you miss your sexy map. Yeah. Oh well, let's not too much. Let's not talk, talk too much about wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so i have been beta testing and I love it so far, but. I've only seen a few areas. But the new artifact artifacts and the new weapon system is pretty interesting. Every every class has its has its own uh, hall and its own and its own uh, special quest to get their uh, custom weapon.
1: Yeah, that's kind of neat. So in this expansion, you get like one one weapon that you that you stay with for the whole expansion and you level it up and stuff?
0: Yeah, with artifact power. And then once you've leveled it up all the way, you can go back and get the next one.
1: Oh, that's really fun. hmm And are they all, or many of them, are, like, legendary weapons or, like, memories of Fabled or whatever from earlier in the lore? Yeah. That's pretty neat. So if you're into the lore, it's that much more Yeah, rewarding. so
0: what's interesting is that... Um to do uh, each the, to to uh, complete your weapons quest, you have to be able to do stuff that's specific for your class. Like there is some stuff in the ground. As a, when I was when I when I tested it as a mage, I couldn't walk over it. In order to pass through it, I had to blink, which means that it teleports oh, me forward.
1: Oh, that's nice because it trains you how to use your skills. It? It's also good if you um, buy like one of the insta level up things that makes you a maximum level character right away because it introduces you to the benefits of all those skills. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So that's... That's enough about WoW, though, yeah? Yep. Yeah. Sorry about that. Let's... Sure. Oh, yeah, but I prefaced that conversation by saying, quote-unquote, yay for fast internet because the, the pre-expansion patch for WoW was about 20 gigabytes, and so Bianca and I both downloaded the 20 gigabyte patch at the same time while I was watching Twitch streaming. And on we-
0: Twitch, oh. you're watching Summer Games Done Quick. Yeah,
1: that's right. That was something that I did over my vacation, was watch Summer Games Done Quick. Uh, a bunch of it. That was great. So for those that don't know, that's like uh, a streaming event where very skillful players, they all convene on the same place. I can't remember where it was, North Carolina or something, somewhere in the States. Mm -hmm. And um, they speed run games that they are extremely good at and they kind of talk over it and talk about the glitches and the exploits and the strategies and stuff like that. Um, And they raise money for charity. They They raised well over half a million dollars for Doctors Without Borders, which is amazing. Um, a representative of Doctors Without Borders uh, was on, uh, did a little interview on there and said that by far this video game event is their biggest fundraiser, which is pretty incredible. Or at least our biggest single fundraising event. They make more during that event than any other event. So good for good for us gamers.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a lot of fun to watch too. These mm-hmm. players are so skillful, and I saw more uh, women speedrunners this year than ever before, which is really nice to see.
0: Yes, it is. It's nice to see that uh, these women are, that the women are being uh, brought into this event, too. It uh, helps dispel the myth that women aren't gamers. Yeah.
1: I'm sure I mean, I'm sure they've always been welcome. It's just nice to see them stepping up now, or, mm-hmm. or the it, games they just, that they play being recognized more, I guess.
0: Yeah, and nice to see them being uh, brought out into public to, uh, and put on the same level, you know, equal opportunity yeah. to uh, participate.
1: That's right. Because so this event, basically to be on this event, you have to be a, a, like a master player. So it's nice to see, nice to see some diversity. Um, what else do we have? I bought, um, I've bought several, um, video game story bundles. There's a website, story, is it storybundle.com? I didn't put that in the notes, hang on. Storybundle.com. Bumble. And so right now is one called the Giga Game Story Bundle. It's on for over another week, good. Um... So I bought... I didn't buy all of them. It's like the Humble Bundle style where there's different tiers depending on how much you want to contribute. Um, and some of it goes to charity. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting charity, too. It's a charity that purchases books for uh, people that are in prison to help to educate them and to pass the time and whatever, rehabilitate them. It's just like, you know, whatever books. Uh, not, not any sort of book in particular, but books in general. Um, so... Two books stood out, which seemed interesting to me. Three, actually. One of them is called Surviving the Game Industry, a Wasteland Guide, which is a book just about working in the game industry. Another one that sounded interesting is called A Psychogeography of Games, which talks about uh, the environments in video games. Um, And the other one, which I started reading already, is called How to Talk About Video Games. (laughs) By Ian Bogost, he's a really interesting guy. Um, he's an academic. Well, how do
0: you talk about video games? I think you just talk about it.
1: Well, that's that's just it. He talks about what is a critic and what is a reviewer, and like what a ridiculous thing it is to be a critic. And um, he talks about what is a video game. That it's a it's a product. And it's an experience, and it's a story. And because it sort of defies and includes all of these different definitions, you have to talk about them in a certain way. And so I've just been reading a bit of it so far. I'm a couple of chapters in. Oh, the first chapter has the most hilarious name. Let me uh, pull it up. I uploaded it to Google Books. Pardon me. Oh, cool. You are pardoned. <laughs> chapter three is called, The Blue Shell is Everything That's Wrong With America. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um
0: ah, I get it.
1: Let's see. How do I do this? <laughs> Chapter 1: The Squalid Grace of Flappy Bird. Why playing stupid games staves off existential despair. So he's he's awesome. He's awesome. I, I I it's kind of a like it's a very articulate, big wordy kind of a book. He's he writes like an academic, but it's really funny and it's quite thoughtful. And so far, I've agreed with everything that he's had to say. I really enjoyed his chapter about Flappy Bird, which is a really interesting game in and of itself. Because it's like a shitty game with not that much effort put into it. And it's very, like, intentionally Spartan. Um, And it got so popular for whatever reason that the Vietnamese creator decided to pull it from the store, even though he was making, like, $50,000 a day from it because he thought it was just not contributing anything positive to society. What a fascinating concept that is. So he talks a little bit about that. It, it, was, it's a, it was a really good book. It's a really good book. I'm enjoying it a lot. So Gigagame Bundle. Go check that out. I'll put a, no- a link in the show notes. Um, oh, something else worth noticing. I have for a while now, Bianca too, we've both been uh, using various solutions for our web browser new tab page. Oh, Yes. Uh, which what's the add-on that you use?
0: I believe I use New Tab. Let's see.
1: Is yes. this called New Tab for Firefox?
0: Yeah, probably something simple. I haven't been using anything fancy. I see New Tab Override.
1: Oh no, New Tab Tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use something like that too. New New Tab Override is I have I have an equivalent for the Chrome browser that just makes it so that when you open a new tab, it automatically visits whatever URL you want or uh, extension. That you want. So, I think the new tab tools add on that you have is accessible by an internal URL. And so, new tab override, you just point to that URL. Yeah. So, it's just an alternative, like a a speed dial kind of a thing, where you open up a new tab and you have your bookmarks and they're nice, big pictures and easy to click on and stuff. Because both Firefox and Chrome have subpar new tab pages that are not configurable enough.
0: Yeah, and it just I don't I don't care about my Google about a Google search bar.
1: No, neither. I just either. want some presets. Well, both of those browsers let you search from the address bar, and Firefox has a search bar if you want it there. Although you can search from the regular address bar too, the Awesome Bar as they called it. So I don't know why your new tab would need another bar for searching. That's a third bar that you can search from in Firefox. It's pretty redundant. Um, So I made I relied on add-ons for a while And it was annoying because If I lost, you know, if I upgraded my machine Or something or whatever If I had to reinstall my browser It would sometimes forget all my settings for that add-on And I'd have to reconfigure it And I had customized my images So that they were like nice attractive looking logos And they all looked kind of similar All the different website logos Um, So I created a web page for myself Is it still up? It should be Oh. Oh right. It's I think new tab. Newtab.demodulated.com. That's what I used for a while. Check it out if you want to. I'll put in the show notes actually. New Which just has uh hang on. Uh, Brian's new tab page. It's my old new tab page. So it's just like a bunch of icons, uh like of uh logos of the, the pages that I visit frequently. There's about twenty of them there or so. Um and it worked very well. It's just an HTML table, but it's hard to update because um, you can't just drag and drop with an HTML table. You have to edit the table data and the table rows and stuff like that, and it's, uh, it's frustrating when I want to add something or remove something.
0: Yeah. That's the nice thing about a Chrome add-on like the one I'm using. I mean, not Chrome, Firefox. Mm-hmm. And you and uh, putting the suggestions of Chrome in my head. Sorry. Uh, the nice thing about what I'm using is that um, everything I can just plug in a couple of URLs and uh, set the number of columns and rows I want, and boom, there's my there's my uh, new tab page.
1: Yeah, that's right. So I, I enjoyed that too, but more than more than two or three times, for whatever reason, I lost all that data, and it was really annoying putting it all back together. Understandable, very understandable. So now I'm using a service called Start Me, uh, which is basically the same sort of a thing, but uh, it's hosted by somebody mm-hmm. else, and uh, it's got a whole bunch of widgets and stuff. It reminds me of like iGoogle, which was uh, like a, a modular widget-based start page that Google used to host, and I don't know why they don't anymore. Probably but,
0: because people liked it, and Google is known like taking away stuff that people like.
1: Yeah, they love killing services that are useful, but not enough people use, or I don't know exactly what, why they got rid of it. I don't know.
0: You liked it. That's why they took it away.
1: <laughs> I didn't like it, actually, for whatever reason. I I didn't use it that much, but I have friends that liked it a lot. I never used iGoogle. Um, but anyway, this is similar, start.me. Um, I took a look through the meager number of widgets that there were and didn't find anything useful, really. I tried putting weather on there, but I didn't really care. And I tried putting like a sticky notes thing on there, and I didn't really care. But what I liked was that... Um, I um, created a few bars to put uh, shortcuts in with uh, little uh, icons that represent the website. So it's basically the same as my speed dial style new tab page. And it's fine. It's enough. And you can pick, some, you can pick up one item and you can drag it to reorder it and it's easy, easy to add a new one. Oh, pausing the podcast. That's my phone. Pardon me. Okay, hello. We're back. Sorry about that. Phone call from the parents. I don't know if you could hear it, but if you recognize the the song that is my ringtone, let me know, and maybe we'll send you a little prize or something. Uh, we were talking about our new tab page. I don't know. There's probably not any more to say about it, but start.me. I'm pretty pleased with using it as my new tab page. Let's talk about the next thing.
0: Okay. What was our next thing?
1: Mm. Um, 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 Pardon me. You're pardoned. <laughs> Doo do, do. Uh, we talking about that already? All right. Let's talk about that already. Okay, so I did something interesting this week, very much unlike myself. I re- I received a peculiar dinner invitation. It was from Microsoft. I was invited to attend dinner with Microsoft uh, this past Tuesday because I am a Windows insider. So that means that I am a beta tester of their operating systems of uh, Windows 10. Um They also have insider programs for uh, Office and for Office 365, the cloud-based service, I believe. I don't participate in those, do I? I don't think I do. Um, So I was very surprised to receive this because, I mean, uh, the the Windows Insider program is open to anyone. Are you on that program too? You're not? not? Yeah, you opted not to do that. So um, (laughs) I was very active as a Windows Insider um, in the uh, year or so leading up to... Windows 10 being released, Um, and not so much since then. Ever since Windows 10 has been released, I've just been using the stable build, really. Um, I think I used, uh, once or twice, I used the slow ring. They have the slow ring and the fast ring, which uh, just determines how stable and frequently you receive their test builds. If a fast ring build is quite stable, then they will push it to the slow ring, which is usually quite free of bugs, but not entirely. Um, So it had been quite some time, almost a year or so, since I was really active as a tester. However, um, I got this invitation. So, you know, uh, despite myself as not the most sociable person, really, especially for such a mysterious uh, invitation being offered uh, to me and a bunch of other strangers, I accepted the invitation. So on Tuesday, I went downtown Um, I guess this was occurring because um, Downtown Toronto at the time Microsoft was having their uh, World Partner Conference Which is like a staggeringly Humongous worldwide event It's been happening in Toronto For the past few years now I believe They had something like I don't know 11 or 12 thousand Attendees They um, rented out the Rogers Center Which is a huge sports arena here For their keynote speeches and stuff And uh, as well as a really big uh, conference center, the Metro Toronto Convention Center, which is the biggest uh, convention center in the city as far as I know. So they had a lot of key people in town, one of those people being Donna Sarkar, who is the uh, lead of the Windows Insider Program. She has been for the last month and a half or so. She's pretty new to it. It was somebody else by the name of Gabriel All before that for a few years. He was the head of the Insider Program. I don't know if he uh, is responsible for the inception of that program. Anyway, I accepted the dinner invitation. I went downtown. It was a hot... It was, like, hot as balls that day. It was, like, 33 Celsius, 34 Celsius. It was repulsively hot. A perfect
0: day for Brian to sweat his ass off.
1: Well, amazingly, I didn't sweat my ass off there, just on the way back. Um, Even though I left and got on the subway at 5 p.m., I don't know how Toronto did this, but there were not that many people on the subway. Maybe because it was the summer and people were on vacation. I don't know. And it was a beautiful, spacious, air-conditioned subway. I really traveled in style for my three bucks. That was very impressive. Um... So it was this nice little um, French bistro, and I arrived there. Um, I arrived there pretty early. It was like from 5.30 till 9.30 or something. I got there like 5.35, and there were about uh, ten people there already. Several from Microsoft, but several people were my fellow insider testers. So I was greeted, and I sat down. I said hello to the people um, that I sat near. Um, And I learned quickly that the people who were invited were... The top 100 uh, Windows Insider testers within I think it was like a 50 kilometer radius or something around like the core of downtown Toronto. Um, so that was kind of flattering to know that I was amongst the top 100 testers. In the end, there are about 30 people there or so, including the attendees from Microsoft. So I guess I guess I'm up there. Oh let me look at that actually. I will go to the feedback hub. Yeah, I've submitted 66 Windows feedback items and have received 696 upvotes on my feedback. So if you're having an issue that you've recorded, you can, or you, if you're looking through the feedback hub, you can upvote people's feedback if their situation or if their problem resembles the situation you're in. So whatever I wrote, people seem to have agreed with, so that's kind of cool. Um, so uh, I met Donna Sarkar who I didn't know what to think of her at first because at first when I got there she was like completely buried in her laptop or Microsoft Surface device of course. Mm-hmm. Um, barely said a word to anybody. Um, it was only until later that we found out that she was actually releasing a new beta build of Windows 10 from a, wi- from a Wi-Fi connection at the table of a restaurant. <laughs> so that's pretty darn cool and that's something that gets pushed out to tens of thousands of people so that was that was kind of neat. Plus... I mean, she was like this this uh, short-ish, cute, uh, very dolled-up, fancy-dressed, like, fashion-model-looking woman. So I didn't really know what to think of her until she came over and introduced herself and had a chat. And she is super cool. She is extremely technical. She's been an engineer for Windows... Uh, For Microsoft for at least a decade And has worked on various versions of Windows For at least a decade She's been like a software developer Working on the kernel of Windows On like coding the user interface And the applications and like every single part Of Windows she's been involved in From uh, Windows Vista Till the the modern day Frig off with your friggin' Notifications, friggin' Windows
0: well, you're the one who enabled them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll talk about that in a little bit. So, I chatted with her for a while. She's like a real enthusiast of virtual reality. She has. She's not a gamer, but she loves virtual reality and the applications of it. She has the HTC Vive at home. Um, she worked on uh, Microsoft HoloLens for many years, uh, long before it was announced to the public. Jeez, uh, what else? She's also a fashion designer. And she's a novelist, and she writes nonfiction books as well. She's had at least four books published. Her fiction books are really interesting. I just read the the uh, uh, synopsis of a, a couple of her fiction books. She has one fiction book where the protagonist is, uh, of all things, a fashion designer engineer who is trying to use three, having trouble using three D printers for fashion design. Like that's her fictional novel. Isn't that cool?
0: That is a great premise.
1: So she and she's very enthusiastic, she has people skills, she's well-spoken, um, and she's highly, highly technical. So I had a good time just talking to her about, you know, my affinity for Windows and, you know, how I've been using Microsoft operating systems since i was been, like, six years old and all that. And my story was not very different from other people's.
0: In fact, didn't it, it sound from the way you described it that these people were even more into Windows than you were? And, like, these they were total are. Microsoft fanboys, making you look like just some schlorb. They
1: really were. I met really incredible people at this thing, and I ate some really damn good food as well. And I drank too much wine, but who cares? (laughs) I I got along so well with everybody. Why'd
0: Why you tell them what you had? It sounded pretty good.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. So I had... What did I have? I had like um, some kind of salmon tartare sort of a thing for the appetizer, which had some like grainy mustard. I don't know. It was yummy. You dip it in there, and it had some kind of goo. <laughs> um I had steak a frites which is like steak with uh french fries basically it was like perfectly perfectly
0: Oh yeah Did medium you get rare medium rare
1: Yeah it was delicious it was very very expertly cooked and for dessert I had some kind of a lemon tart thing lemon curd tart it was very very tasty very good wine a very very good wine very good meal very good everything it was awesome Um and so the people around me um they almost all had uh, Microsoft Windows uh, Phones Which is a pretty rare thing to see more than one person With a Windows phone in the room at the same time But they like all had Windows phones and they were all running The beta versions of the OS And because a new version of the OS Was released There at the table They, all, they were all updating their Windows phones On the Wi-Fi On the version of the OS that was launched to the world via Wi-Fi from that same table. Oh, (laughs) jeez. That was very cool.
0: And so basically, you were the odd guy with your uh, Android. Yes,
1: I was. Although, one of the guys that sat next to me, a very nice guy from, uh, originally from St. Lucia, little Caribbean island, he had an Android phone, but he also had a Windows phone. He had two phones in his pocket. So these were all, like, nerdy technology uh, enthusiasts, and we all got along so easily, which was such a treat. Um, I wrote down some details about the various people that I sat with, just because they were such fascinating people, and I didn't want to forget about them. Um, oh, so, yeah, before I forget, this, this uh, engineer, Donna Sarkar, she worked on my favorite feature of Windows Vista, which was the search engine aspect, the, the, the uh, desktop search so she was happy to hear when I praised that To the table And we all um, introduced ourselves um, We went around the table for about half an hour Just talking about ourselves And our, how, how we basically ended up being there At that, at that dinner And like kind of our story And our personal interest in computers And our careers and stuff like that So that was kind of neat um, I got to crack a uh, MS-DOS joke During my thing uh, During my introduction Which a bunch of people laughed at Which is another rare treat to have live in person um So one guy that I met there was a marketing rep from Microsoft, and he was l- unlike any other marketing person I've ever met. Um, he worked for all of the, he worked for a whole bunch of uh, nonprofits and like uh, ethical companies. He worked for Greenpeace, he worked for Doctors Without Borders. Um, and he was working for some uh, nonprofit organization in the World Trade Center. During 9/11, he's a 9/11 survivor. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so that he was an interesting guy. Um, I talked. I sat next to a guy who had been retired for 10 years or so. He had worked in the personal computer industry since the 1960s, and he worked on the very first IBM personal computer. Um, he and I chatted a bunch about like uh, DOS, MS DOS, and uh, Windows 95 and Windows 3.1 and stuff like that. He said his, fa- his most impactful Windows launch was Windows 3.1 or 3.0, but he uh, used a lot of Windows 1.0 even. And he, uh, at his, well, he was working for IBM. He worked with automatic banking machines, automatic telling machines. So, I, uh, oh, you gotta go. Yes. I'm, I'm going to pause. Yeah. Or I'll finish my story. So I'll. Um, he, uh, I, it just so happened that in high school, I visited our local um, IBM office. Man. And I got a tour of their automatic telling machines and stuff like that. And uh, I mentioned to him, oh, yeah, weren't they using uh, OS2 around then? He's like, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, when I took that tour, uh, they showed me the new upcoming OS2 Warp. And that excited him as well that I knew about such an an archaic thing. So that earned me a little bit of nerd cred. That was cool. Um, I met another uh, retired guy who sat on the other side of me. He worked for a semi-ductor com- company. He was not an engineer, but I think he was like technical sales and stuff like that. And he told me about training people from Intel about the, the newest semiconductors. He was like technical sales kind of a guy. Really interesting fellow. He also... Um, uh, worked on semiconductors uh, for dial-up modems and had conversations, like was present for conversations with major internet engineers who said that due to the restrictions of twisted copper pair wires, they would, uh, they would never be able to transfer, um, transfer data on the PSTN any faster than 56K and then uh, shortly after ADSL came around, proving them all wrong so he had some really fascinating stories. Um, the guy from St. Lucia that I mentioned... Oh, hi, Kissy Bird. Um, the guy from St. Lucia had an awesome story. St. Lucia is like this quite small Caribbean island. Not at all like a technically, uh, technologically savvy country. Um, and he was about my age, so like uh, mid to late 30s. Um, he, when he was in elementary school... So, he, no, he was a little younger than me, I guess, then. He, when he was in elementary school, he was on a game show in St. Lucia, and he won second prize. It was like a science uh, a science trivia game show. He won second prize, which was a Windows 98 first edition PC, and he fell in love with Windows so much, and he was so excited with this computer that he uh, begged his parents to buy him Windows 98 second edition, which, I don't even remember what the difference was between those two very similar, like, that's like a minor update for an operating system. So they paid the equivalent of, like, $600 of their currency, just oh. to upgrade the, the from first edition to second edition, Windows 98. <laughs> he was such a nice guy. And he came with his girlfriend, who was a medical, she, who is a medical technician, so she did, like, she draws blood from people for blood labs, stuff like that. Um, very nice lady She is also a technology enthusiast She also had a Windows phone Her boyfriend convinced her to have a Windows phone And she said it was kind of liberating Not having so many apps to choose from I don't know if that's kind of a You know, they're, they're trying to uh, Legitimize their own purchases But for those of you that haven't used The Windows operating system on mobile phones It's a great operating system And the home screen with the uh, live tiles Instead of just icons It's such a nice uh, combination of like icons and widgets
0: Especially since they're all squared and you can make this nice little uh, pattern.
1: Yeah, and you can resize them to like wide or large or small just like you can in Windows 10. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. Um, I also met a blind man who works for the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, and his specialization is accessible computing. And that's why he loves Windows so much because he said it's the most accessible. Operating system Uh, It has been for a long time And it still is to this day For blind people Which is very interesting Uh, He was such a nice guy Um, We had a great conversation He kind of overheard me Talking to somebody else About hackers and stuff like that And about uh, phone freaking and so he said if I'm interested in phone freak phone freaks, I should read a book called Exploding the Phone. He said he read he uh, heard the audiobook version and he recommends the audiobook version because it was read by some former phone freaker hacker guy. So I wrote that down, I'm going to read that. And I also got to see how a blind man eats steak and fries, which was really cool. He was like running his finger over the steak so that he knew where to cut exactly. He was very precise. And he would grab handfuls of french fries and stuff. It was kind of a fascinating thing. He was a really, really, really nice guy. I liked him a lot. Um, and the last really noteworthy person that I met was a 13-year-old kid who was refused at first admittance to this uh, event, but he begged them and they said, okay, you can come if you come with your mother because, or with your parents because it's a, an 18-plus event that serves alcohol. So he came with his mother, who was very supportive and was very proud of her son. That is really sweet. It was awesome. And it reminded me of me because, I mean, I was super into technology at that age too. So we had a short conversation. He was very shy, as I would have been, but good for him for coming. Mm-hmm. And he was visibly, verbally annoyed not to be the youngest person <laughs> to have attended one of these insider dinners. He was very annoyed when he found out that there was a 12-year-old that attended uh, mm. one of these dinners in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, that's, so, that's really funny. <laughs> that
1: is funny. So he was the second youngest.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like, of all the things to be annoyed about, not being young enough. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So I had a great time. I was one of the first people to arrive and one of the last people to leave. I was there for like four hours, and this was after work on a Tuesday. Um, and then I had my you know half hour plus ride home, all, uh, so I was home after ten o'clock. Um, I had a great time. It was like a glowing experience. It was a really unforgettable experience. And I went home with a sticker and with a Windows T-shirt
0: and a Windows uh, satchel bag. And then I th- went mm-hmm. through a pen this time.
1: No pen this time. No, oh. I know.
0: No pen to add to my collection of uh, broken shit
1: <laughs> I know oh they teased us too because they ha- because they were at this humongous you know over 10,000 plus partner conference uh, they had all this fun swag stuff but nobody brought anything. I think one guy left the whole dinner and came back just so that he could give us uh, some shirts. So that was awfully gracious
0: That is awesome so it's really a shame you couldn't they didn't get bring more swag for this I mean I I end mean, well, they paid for this awesome meal I
1: know it must have been like a $60 dinner with the wine we had and everything so that was awfully gracious mm-hmm. And what I really really appreciated was after we were all done you know every time somebody introduced themselves themselves and told their story, Donna asked them, Ooh. how can how can Microsoft serve you better? What can we do for you?" What, how, how can we make your computing life better? She asked all of us Which is such a cool thing That's that's a very very nice thing So like I came out of this event with more admiration for Microsoft than ever before uh, So much so that I um, installed the latest uh, slow ring beta version of Windows 10
0: and I'm uh, waiting for it to inevitably break.
1: I know, maybe it will. Well, we're very close to the launch of the anniversary update. That's coming out on August second. Oh, words uh, is... about the barf. Oh, good. It was a barfy baby. Um. So yeah, that's in two weeks. Uh, the anniversary, uh, anniversary, uh, update for Windows 10 is coming out, and that just has some UI uh, improvements and some stability improvements and some new features and stuff like that. Um. So yeah, I'm sure you can hear all these friggin' notifications that I'm receiving. Um, if you install Cortana on your Android or iOS phone, um, and you can uh, do notification mirroring. So whenever you get a notification on your phone, it will pop up in Windows 10, which is great. I've used other solutions. Uh, some of them are free, and some of them I stopped using because they started charging money because it's such a sought-after feature. For example,
0: Um, Pushbullet started charging money, which is unfortunate because it was a pretty good app.
1: Pushbullet is better than the Windows 1 because not only does it show you your notifications, but it has whatever interactive options you have in Android. For example, if you receive a... um, if you receive... If you have, like, an authenticator notification pop up or something, it will have, like, the X, approve or deny buttons right on it. So they're interactive notifications. That's really And sweet. you can
0: respond with text and it'll let you answer your phone.
1: Yeah, I did SMS as well. However, um, the Windows 10 one, you can also do SMS. So I haven't been able to get, like, a caller ID to pop up when I a call is in... Pro, like, when, when my phone is ringing. However, it has a missed call notification and uh, Bianca and I tried it out and um, you can send an SMS text message right from Windows with your keyboard and it sends it through your uh, phone and the other person receives it through SMS so that's kind of nice so that's a really nice usability feature Um, and uh, they improved the start menu as well and a whole bunch of other stuff Microsoft Edge web browser has add-ons now there's only like 10 of them or so but there's an ad blocker which is interesting that they're advertising that as, as publicly as they are um, and it's very stable. I'm really liking the anniversary update so far. They also redid a bunch of the menus to make them a little more easy to navigate um, and stuff like that. Mm. So that was my uh, that was my Microsoft dinner. That was a good time. Um, right. So, oh, sorry, I'm wrong. The Windows 10 free upgrade. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. no. The anniversary update comes out <laughs> August 2nd, and this is a reminder to you all. <coughs> Pardon me, excuse me. You are pardoned. This is a reminder to you all that your opportunity to upgrade to Windows 10 for free ends on July 29th. So for any of you that have been on the fence because you don't know whether Windows 10 is good or not, it is very good, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, And uh, for those of you that are pissed off by the absolutely incessant nags that you've been getting for the past year or so, those will go away as of July 29th.
0: And instead you'll be told, nina, 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 you're stuck with some stupid other OS. Yeah, stupid. (laughs)
1: Windows 7 is fine. It's just not as good as Windows 10, in like all pretty much any way. If you ask yeah, me. Yeah, and
0: Windows 8 has a lot of good stuff, but that th- but that functionality gets improved upon in Windows 10, and it gets and the uh, good parts of Windows 8 have been preserved, stop fighting that. <laughs> well, <laughs> the stuff that was not as desirable, such as the uh, Metro screen, mm. are uh, eliminated. So and it kind of fuses that together into your Start menu, which is really nice. Mm-hmm.
1: That it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of op- of operating systems, Android 7, Nougat. Nougat. Whatever. They could have named it something better. Everybody wanted... What? Narshmallow? Narshmallow. Everybody wanted Nutella. They already did a co-branded thing with KitKat, so I don't know why they didn't do Nutella like everyone was expecting.
0: Isn't it Nutella?
1: I don't friggin' know. Who cares? It's friggin' chocolate mush that's very fattening. <laughs> Who chocolate. cares what you call it? It's phenomenal. well, you're some
0: kind of mush. I mean, this mush.
1: So that comes out. Um, have they? Do they have a uh, release date? Android seven new yet release date? I don't think they've announced the release date yet. Release date rumors. No, no release date, but it's coming out this quarter. They said it's coming out in the summer. Okay, cool. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to have some nice uh, updates as well. It'll have some nice updates, but I do remember watching their uh, their developer, developer conference, yeah, um, and not being terribly excited about anything that they announced. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. And with this about Nexus
0: 2016 phone by LG...
1: Oh, yeah, they're going to announce the next Nexus phone pretty soon, and that's going to come out with a new version of the OS. So it won't make our phones obsolete, but it'll, I'm sure, have some features that we'll be jealous of. True, um, but
0: it's LG, which...
1: Yeah, so fuck that. I'm never buying an LG phone again. Mm-hmm. Never, never. I'm never I'm never going to buy an LG anything again. I've not had very good experiences with that company. They make cheap shit. Mm. Um. So, goodness gracious, we have a letter... Ugh, and a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, a bunch of games to talk about. So we'll do that, and that'll be the end of our podcast. We'll do our topic next time. Yeah. Um, so consider
0: this part one, the warm up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. We've got some catching up to do. So let's lead Let's read this letter. We have two. We received two letters. Um, we're gonna save Robert Menendez's letter for next week because it was about the topic that we'll talk about next week. Uh, so thank you so much, Robert, for your letter. We'll we will read it next week. Uh, this week we will read a letter from Emmanuel Perignon. Uh Bonjour, Emmanuel. Very good to hear from you. Emmanuel says... Do you want to read it or should I? Uh, you go ahead. Okay. Emmanuel says... Hi, squares and tooties. Hi, tootie. Uh, thanks for episode 69 plus one. Poor Brian. I know, I missed 69. That sucks. Oh, fuck. She's throwing her damn toys on the floor again. Of course she is. <laughs> a few tips about applications. I barely do any image painting stuff, but I sometimes use Microsoft Paint, which is okay in my humble opinion. Paint.net may be nice, but it's kind of bloated. took a while to install, pretending it was configuring my PC, quote-unquote. I think it installed .net version something, because my .net version wasn't good enough. It wanted an older version, usual shit. (laughs) But I recommend you try Krita, K-R-I-T-A. It's a very feature-complete, open-source, multi-platform, and has portable 32- and 64-bit versions. Uh, and you give the URL. I'll put that in the show notes. Never heard of it. I'll check it out. Um, paint.net is good. It is kind of bloaty. It does do a lot of optimization and stuff, and I think it's Windows only, so nice to see a cross-platform, open-source one. For photo and image light editing, resizing, contrast, etc. I now use Earthen View. Is that still around? Basically the same as XNView, but I can it can open PDF, so that's one less step. One less app to manage. Still, for PDF only, I strongly recommend Sumatra, which is super light. That's a great reader. I like Sumatra, that
0: Sumatra? Isn't, isn't that a coffee?
1: Uh, Sumatra? It's Isn't that a geographic location? Oh, that yeah. That happens to make coffee? Isn't it... I think it's African?
0: Yes. Anyway...
1: Uh, Notepad++ I do love. It has great theme support. I'm using a dark, easy on the eyes theme. You can zoom text, and that's super important to me. It has a lot of extensions and plugins. Just misses a kinda table, kinda table plugin to me, which Sublime Text, another great text editor, but not free, has. I've heard of Sublime. Yeah, it does cost some money. Just like you two, I have all my music on Google Play now. Prior to that, I used FooBar as well. I still recommend Fubar for MP3 tagging, as it has a wonderful Discogs plugin for that, which gives you much more control than MP3 tag, for instance. Really, I should check that out. For video, I use MPC-HC, as VLC sometimes takes forever to start up. Yeah, VLC sometimes does that friggin' font optimization, whatever it does. It takes, like, five minutes. I hate when it does that. I don't know what the hell it has to do with fonts that take so long. Mm,
0: Probably if you're, uh... Into sub- using a lot of subtitle files and stuff like that.
1: I guess, but I mean, what is? I don't even know what it does. I should look that up sometime. Or uh, folks, if you know what the hell VLC is doing when it's spinning its wheels, adjusting fonts, let us know because I'm very curious. Uh, let's not forget 7zip. Did we forget 7zip?
0: I think we forgot 7zip. That was
1: dumb of us. I like it. I follow the usual path: WinZip to WinRAR to 7zip. So me too. Windows can handle ZIP, but that's still a much better option, I think. Also, a neat trick with 7zip is that uh, its own Explorer is more powerful than Windows One. When you have some folders you cannot delete within Windows Explorer, nor with RMDIR command line, etc., which happens sometimes, usually 7zip just gets rid of them instantly. Oh, that's interesting. I've run into issues with that before, uh, where you can't delete a folder because it's in use. Windows tells you that an application is using it.
0: Even though you've just checked everything and you know damn well it's not in use.
1: Yeah. I've run into that more with later versions of Windows than previously. I used to use some application. I forget what it was called. Oh,
0: I know what what you're thinking. And it had
1: like a magic wand icon with a star on the end of it. I forget what it was called. And it was good at unlocking and deleting folders.
0: Yeah, it was like a magic unlock or something. I know exactly what you mean. I had it for a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, If I I think of it, I'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Okay. P.S. Maybe to get ultra-geeky, you could do an episode about system software or maybe Windows customizations, etc. Greetings, Emmanuel. Uh, Merci beaucoup, Emmanuel. We are, in fact, taking your idea to talk about Windows customization or operating system customizations. We'll get to that next week. So, uh, my dear, why don't we talk about the games that we played over vacation and then we'll call it a day, huh? Okay, sure. We have so many freaking games on this thing. We played a lot of games on vacation. Yes, we did. Oh, well, should we talk about, first, the elephant in the room? Sure. Pokemon Go. So that's not available in Canada yet, but we found it on APK Mirror. Oh, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. Do so you want to talk about the game a little bit while I okay. look at the link?
0: It's not for reality, and it's not a, sta- a uh, standard game app. It's an augmented reality game where you essentially uh, give the game the uh, application permission to use your camera. And so when you're looking through your camera lens at the world, you see the world as it is, but then it'll augment in one of these Pokemon and it'll give you a little Pokeball, which you then flick with your finger to capture these things. They you bunk the little bastard on the head with it and voila, you capture it. Unfortunately, it's extremely laggy. The response time is shite. And the application has been known to crash. I don't know if it's because we don't have like the official release or something, but it's just not responsive. But it sounds like other people who may be in areas with an official release are having these problems as well.
1: Yeah, I think the game got much more popular much quicker than they anticipated, and my guess is that it's like server latency issues, server overload mm-hmm. issues.
0: Because uh, although the game does the the game does freeze, but fortunately it doesn't freeze your phone, so you can just exit out of the app and then swipe it away, and then open it again, and hopefully it's not going to be uh, ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a neat, it's a neat game. It's like an art. Of, it's a um, uh, augmented reality game mm-hmm. where like you you look at a map. I was disappointed. I saw like on screenshots that there was a map. I figured it was a map of your city, but it's not. It's just some arbitrary. Map, mm-hmm.
0: and then you have to go to different locations to actually go to like a the Poke Gym to train up your guy, which is kind of it's okay. This is this game is good if you need motivation, to go for a walk. Yeah, but that's about it. Although it's kind of amusing if you you know take it out in bed, like oh look, I can capture somebody through my bed liner with that swipe.
1: Yeah, it was neat. Like I like the uh, the uh, AR version of it because we tried it. We were sitting at a restaurant. And uh, there was a little Pokemon sitting in my, on my plate of spaghetti. And then we went to the movies after that, and you were, oh, you, you were, you were like inaccessible while you were playing that game. You were just like a zombie staring at your freaking phone. So I stood behind you, and there was a Pokemon standing on your shoulder. So, I took a picture of it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, I mean, I've uninstalled it already.
0: Me too. It's cute. If there wasn't server latency, I'd be happy to try it, but there, it freezes and it's just not uh, as polished as it could be. It doesn't feel polished yet. It's an, yeah. it's a good idea.
1: It's just too shallow for me. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. There's, there's battling apparently, and I don't even know what else there is, but I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But it was neat to try. I figured I had to try it. It was mm-hmm. so popular. Um, ooh. A very important thing that I played recently is Postman's Quest. Not Rain, Nor Sleet, Nor Armageddon, which is, the, as far as I know, the first game ever created, at least for AGS, by our uh, frequent uh, uh, guest on the podcast, Amirat Akago. Okay. I had a really good time with this little game. It's really cute. It's a short game. It took maybe 20 minutes to play or something. An AGS uh, point-and-click adventure game about, uh, I guess Akago himself is the protagonist. He is. No and it starts off in his house. It starts out in his house, and you meet his mom, and
0: uh, it. Uh, oh, the, when a woman turns. Is that his mom? Oh, it's so creepy when she turns around. Well, I
1: think he did the art himself, which is extremely impressive. Oh,
0: I'm not saying the art's bad. I'm just saying that the character, when she turns around, <laughs> just looks
1: really creepy. That's funny. You look kind of like a witch. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's just much like more attractive in really real wide person. Eyes. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like someone took a little too much speed. <laughs>
1: So you start off as uh, Akago, and you put on your you, you eat breakfast, and you put on your postman's out uh, outfit, and you have to go out and do your job. But uh, the world has been infected with zemen's Z- zombies and demons and stuff like that. So it's a really cute little game. I'm going to put it in the show notes. It's free. Do check it out. It's an impressive little thing. I've struggled trying to learn AGS uh, AGS, and uh, he got further than I ever did, and he did all the art himself, and the writing, and the coding. So good for him. It's a an amazing little story. Uh, definitely check it out. I, I had a good time with it. Uh, it was time well spent. So great, great workout could go. I had a good time. Um, I played a walking simulator by Funcom called The Park.
0: Oh yeah, I've seen that on Steam a few times. It, it kind of looks interesting. What do you What did you think
1: of it? It kind of looks interesting, and it's kind of not. Um, it didn't really have a point. It's just like a macabre kind of a short. Story kind of Edgar Allan Poe style, I suppose. It's like modern day, you go through this um, uh, amusement park, and you're not really sure who your protagonist is. It's a woman looking for her son who runs into the amusement park, Uh, and the amusement park is abandoned, and you read little notes and stuff, and there's internal dialogue that kind of reveals little things about who you are and what the park is and a murderer that was going around. I don't know. It didn't really capture me very well. The graphics are nice. Uh, Voice acting is fine But uh, it kind of left me cold in the end I didn't really care about it that much Uh, You talk about a game that you played now
0: Okay let's see What did I play Let's see We'll start with um, I played uh, After my criticism of uh, American Truck Simulator I figured I'd give it another go It's not too bad I finally finished exploring Nevada. It's the most boring state I've ever seen. Time to move on to Arizona. And... Yeah, Arizona. Oh, I don't know what to think of this. It's just kind of flat and barren. European Truck Simulator had way more diversity in landscape.
1: I don't know if it had, Well, across the whole continent it did. True. But in any one country did it?
0: Hmm. Italy was pretty interesting because you had the mountains and you came down into the land, mm. and going through Switzerland was cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the latest ones, the um, Switzerland and Finland and all of those that had really nice diversity. That was, those were the last ones they made, so they they learned a lot.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad I replayed it. It's, it was fun, just not as much landscape diversity as I'd wanted. And trying to... And there's just two things I can't... There's just one area I just can't stand in the American Truck Simulator. And that's the quarries when you're trying to get your truck out of there. there, They just made the passages almost too insufferably narrow to turn your really big
1: truck in. Hmm. But there's different degrees of difficulty that you can choose for the parking. True. You just choose an easier one. Because some of them Um, are really challenging.
0: Oh. It's not parking. It's just getting the cargo and leaving it in the first place that's the problem.
1: Oh. Oh, I know where you mean. I know exactly where you mean. The, like, the really tight entryway.
0: Yeah, and it's like, if you if you even turn, like, in, like a second too soon, everything gets caught and you can't get out. I got fed up and I called a tow truck.
1: Aw. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a frustrating a little bit.
0: So, yeah, I played that after my criticism. Although, um, it is much better than I remember. I am still, I am irritating more about the X that one area than anything else
1: mm-hmm. all right my turn yep all right I played oh I played a game I enjoyed very much called Pony Island um, which I had no intention of buying because of the name but I heard that it's like fun and nerdy and non-conventional so I figured okay what the hell it was a few bucks it was on sale on the steam sale I had a fantastic time with it it's a very meta game. Um, it's a game that tells you a story where you are the protagonist, which I always enjoy. And especially it touches that special uh, thing I have a soft spot for, which is not only are you the protagonist, but you're the protagonist sitting at a computer. And that's like in the, in the game you're sitting at a computer, similar to Her Story or Uplink or, um, or a Digital A Love Story. So I love that because uh, you really feel like you're playing the part. So it's, uh, it's a game where you play the game itself... But you also have to, like, edit the code of the game, sort of, and kind of wrestle against the code of the game, and the changes that you make change the way that the game operates. And it's not like an actual coding game. They're just simplified little logic puzzles. It's sort of like, um... What's that game that you were playing that was a lot like assembly language coding?
0: Ah, uh, Human Resource Machine. That's oh, pretty yeah. I gotta go back and finish
1: that. Yeah, so do I. That game got hard. This one's a little bit easier. It's a good challenge, um, but you finish it pretty quick, in a couple of hours or so. Um... And it's very clever, it has a very good sense of humor, it's very, very creative, and it has a great personality, and it takes you on a little journey, and there's a lot of stuff that you have to, that you don't have to unlock, but that you can, and it changes the story a little bit, the more of it that you choose to unlock. I very highly recommend Pony Island. I had a wonderful time with it. Um, Do do play it. Listeners to this podcast especially, you'll really like it. All right, your turn, babe.
0: Okay, let's see, what else did I play? Hmm. Moving, uh, ah, I'll mention this. I got, I decided to give the Fallout series a try, so I got Fallout New Vegas. I'm pretty, I like it. I have to go back and continue playing it. It was pretty good so
1: far. Oh, did you play much of it? I only saw you play it for like 20 minutes.
0: I, I played it for about 40 minutes. I liked it. Mm-hmm. But, it was, but I was playing it in the evening, and you're like, Do you want to watch a movie? It
1: sounds like
0: me. Yeah, he started wanting and wanting popcorn, so I only no. got 40 minutes in, but I it was pretty popcorn. good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think I'm gonna go back and play that. It's a pretty good experience so far. I can see why it got high reviews and why a lot of people love playing it still, despite there being the uh, Fallout 4 game, which I also have and am enjoying. It, except I got fed up with my character because she was too ugly. <laughs> you made her ugly on purpose. I know, and I'm like, okay, she's too ugly. So I kind of so I went back and made a, a new character, made just plain Jane.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so you, yeah, you just restarted that. That looked like it had a pretty cool intro, though. Yeah, it did. Unlike Fallout 3, which had such a boring intro. That that had one of the worst intros.
0: Oh, you don't You start off in a vault and you're dealing with, like, a birthday party and some other stupid bullshit.
1: Yeah, you grow up in the vault, so it starts off with you as a toddler. First you're a newborn, and then you're a toddler, and then you're a child, you spend too much time during that part, it's it's quite linear, and I don't know, It just feel really trapped there, and I mean, that's the situation your character is in, but it wasn't fun to me at all. You just can't wait to get out. But that was a series, that, like Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, I didn't really like that much at all. So, I've been avoiding Fallout 4 completely until it's quite cheap. But, uh, so, I'll, I'll wait to, I'll look to see uh, how you're enjoying it, and maybe I'll reconsider at some Mm -hmm. point. I'll wait for their Game of the Year edition with all the DLC, I guess.
0: Yeah. I don't mind no DLC because then, because DLC just gives you way too much stuff and just complicates the game a bit, I find.
1: It can. Like, in New Vegas, when you start that, like, you and I own the, the version with all the DLC and stuff. You start New Vegas, and it's the same in Oblivion. It just gives you spam after spam after spam. Oh, you just found something in your pocket. You should go check out this place. Oh, look at this. You have have eight kinds of guns and 33 kinds of ammo and 45 free grenades when you start out. And it completely ruins the whole beginning of the game because you have all this shit. It's intended for someone who has played it and is sick of the game already. So it gives you a terrible first impression when you get all that stuff.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. With Oblivion, I didn't. I found it. It's not as annoying because I've already played it to death, so I don't mind having that. And then it's there for when I want to go find
1: it. Oh well, that's another game that we played a bunch of on vacation. Was Oblivion with mods and stuff? But I, it was the same sort of a thing. As soon as you get out of that sewer area, um, you you have a quest out of mid. You you start off Oblivion as a prisoner, and you escape from jail basically. And all of a sudden, you have a letter in your pocket about horse armor. Like, <laughs> You just got out of jail. The last thing you care about is making your horse pretty, and you get all the oh look! It looks out that you uh, that in your family there is this like this ancient castle that you have to go restore. Like I was a prisoner. I don't care about no ancient castle. I, I just want to eat freaking cheese for the first time. And boy to eat a lot of cheese in that game.
0: Oh I know it's like okay let's pick up all this stuff Hmm, let's, let's eat some rat meat cheese Ooh here's a lettuce though I'm gum 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 Oh I'm mm.
1: crawling oh, on my b- I'm crawling on my belly because I'm carrying too much. let's eat nine pounds of cheese and then you can run fast Oh the tummy aches the poor oblivion guy must have. <laughs>
0: I got a bow and arrow. Let's aim the watermelon at the sky and make it rain.
1: <laughs> oh, they fixed that glitch, unfortunately.
0: Oh, that's, a, that's too bad. Yes, it is. But it was a good way to level up alchemy. If you just ate every single watermelon that you threw up in the sky, you could level up the alchemy because you would discover the properties.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, while we're talking about Oblivion, are you done talking about uh, Fallout? Yeah. Okay, I'll... T- I'll, I'll uh, so I've I, I played Oblivion absolutely to death as has pretty much everyone I know. I love that game. And so I went back to it after many, many years of not touching it. And um, I had fun installing a bunch of mods. Um, I did this one quest, which was just like the pure Oblivion experience that I just wanted to talk about. It was a Daedra quest. So there's these um, optional quests. Um, As you're running around in the wilderness, you'll find a statue of one of these Daedra, which are like these... uh, demigods or whatever. These, like, these, uh, I don't know if they're evil, but they're kind of mischievous gods that are self-centered. Um, and they have these little quests for you. So I did this Daedra quest and, um, it sent me to the realm of Oblivion, which, in the game Oblivion, is by far the worst part of the game, and I avoid doing the primary quest that unlocks the Oblivion gates because they're super boring. So I go to Oblivion, I'm an archer, archer swordsman, I had, like, over 200 arrows in my bag, which should be more than enough to kill... You know, uh, scores and scores of guys, but because this was such a plotting, difficult quest, I ran out of arrows, um, and with many, many, many more guys left to kill, and so what you had to do in this quest was to rescue the souls of this dangerous followers because they were led astray and they became trapped. Their souls were trapped in oblivion.
0: Oh, I know this quest. I know which one you need. to Keep going.
1: Okay. So that just means there's these ghostly apparitions that look like the followers that you see like as mindless, brainless zombies <laughs> in the real world. You're a mindless, brainless zombie. <laughs> so um, I rescued a couple of them. There were a whole bunch left to go, and I had no ammo left. So it just so happened that I had been leveling up acrobatics and agility and speed. And so I was able to run and jump and circumnavigate the map faster than any of my enemies. So I just figured, okay, screw this. I'm not going to fight them. I'll just run really, really fast. So I was dodging projectiles and skipping across rocks in this big, fiery lake, and I felt like this awesome, super dexterous superhero. And because Oblivion is so well-coded, where it's just like a big kind of a sandbox uh, simulation environment, you can perform these tasks in so many different ways, and it was a completely valid strategy for me to just not fight anyone, but to skip and run and pounce and run really fast and scoot from one of these ghosts to the next. And so without having to oh, cheat... you
0: drag your ass across the floor with net brushes. I
1: did scoot. <laughs> so without having to kill a- anybody else, I and without having to cheat or change the difficulty or anything, I passed this quest legitimately, which felt really, really good. And I got to use it... Uh, I got to do it using the the tools in the toolbox that the game gave me. So that felt great. So Oblivion holds up to this day. I had a, I, I had a really good time with it. Although I pissed off poor Bianca because one thing you do in that game is you have to level up your speech craft. Mm-hmm. And the and you put it
0: to also contribute to your mercantile uh, skill. That's which right. So you get better deals. That's
1: right. So poor Bianca had to put up with hearing all of this inane faux conversation <laughs> over True, and over and over. But
0: this should lead into uh, something else.
1: Oh, where you pissed me off. Yeah. Let's hear it.
0: I got Stardew Valley.
1: Yes, you did. Mega mm. by- <laughs> Fire.
0: Tired of the mooing, oinking, bang, and clucking. (laughs)
1: She got so hooked on Stardew Valley. I bought it, and you're like, whatever. And then you saw me play it, and you're like, oh, I want this. And I didn't really care about it that much. I played it for a few hours and gave up on it. You put a lot of time and effort into it. And so three quarters of my two-week vacation was fucking (laughs) moo. So much mooing. I had to beg her to stop mooing. It was really pissing me off.
0: So most of my games are mooing anyway. Civilization mm. has mooing. Every time I take a
1: vacation, <laughs> my wife is mooing. Civilization, Age of Empires—I don't know what the hell else. You love games with mooing. I'm fed up with mooing. Do you want to talk about Stardew Valley though?
0: Oh, it was—it's a pixel game. It kind of remi- looks like it was designed with RPG makeup, but I'm sure—I'm not sure if it was.
1: No, I don't think it was, but uh, it has that kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Super Nintendo-y looking
0: mm-hmm. Really nice um, Essentially you're, you inherit a farm from your grandfather And you have to bring it up From nothing into something mm. <laughs> And uh, You can And when you come to this town You're essentially nobody The town's folks don't care about you But as you go through You, can, you have the option to restore the uh, community center which will unlo- Which unlocks different things Which make your farming experience a little better Or you can uh, take the evil route and unlock the, um, Joja, um, Mart warehouse. Like Walmart. Yeah. More like Costco, actually. Mm He's everything discounted. (laughs) Okay. So I chose to do the community center, and I'm, like, one item away from finishing. hmm I just have to get a lucky rabbit's foot now.
1: How much time did you put into that game? Let's see. There's a lot of grinding and a lot of repetition and stuff, and you're either into it or you're not.
0: 68 hours. Oh, my
1: (laughs) gosh. You did that in, like, two weeks predominantly. Yep. That's crazy.
0: Really fun. I don't know why I loved it. I just did.
1: 68 hours of mooing, guys. (laughs) That's what I had to put up with while I was sick on vacation.
0: Not 68 hours of mooing, just 30 hours of mooing. No. Because remember that I, I I didn't have my barn right away. And I spent some of it offsite mining and uh, fighting. Yeah, there's combat in this game. You get a sword and you uh, kill stuff in the uh, mines as mm-hmm. you uh, as you dig for ores and gems.
1: Mm-hmm. Simple combat. Mm-hmm. It looks like a very cute game. The people who love it really love it. I thought I would be one of those people because I love Animal Crossing, but it didn't have the same charm for me.
0: Animal Crossing is too pl- plotting for me because everything is on is on a real time clock, whereas this is on a uh, is on more of a virtual clock like you still have a day-night cycle but Mm -hmm. you're not on the uh, human 24-hour clock you're on the uh, nice speedy clock so I'm sorry I've accomplished three years of gameplay in 68
1: hours (laughs) (laughs) well all the moving made it feel like three real years to me
0: and this game's also interesting because then you can marry and have kids I have one kid in a crib and it lies there at least it's much much better than The Sims I don't have to do anything with this kid it just lies there and
1: sleeps (laughs) All right. Well, I'm I'm I need a snack and I'm getting cranky. So let's talk about one more each maybe and we'll call it a podcast. Okay. All right. The last game that I'm going to talk about, which I think I've already talked about on the podcast before, is Real Mist Masterpiece Edition. I think I, I ended off my vacation playing that. I love that game. I've, I've I I own the original Mist. I upgraded my comu- computer to play the original Mist because my CD-ROM drive my two my double speed CD-ROM drive was the wrong the one incompatible brand of double-speed CD-ROM drives. So, my parents took pity and bought me a quad-speed CD-ROM drive, which Ooh. played the game very nicely. Um, I owned Mist Masterpiece Edition, which was a prettier version of the original Mist. I owned Real Mist, which was a 3D, freely navigable version of the original Mist, a remake. And now I, ha- I I own and enjoyed and finished Real Mist Masterpiece Edition, which I, I finished when it was brand new. But since then, they've released the 2.0 update, which improves the performance and adds... did doesn't really add any features as far as I know, but it makes it prettier and more stable, and... I, I love that game. I love the original Mist. What the heck? It's not my kind of game. It's, like, super nebulous and confusing and peculiar and uh, doesn't tell you what really to do. It, uh, it does in a roundabout way, but it's very frustrating, and I've, I finished it originally with walkthroughs, but... Now that I can play through it pretty quickly, it's a cohesive little story. I love the story. I love the setting. I love the creativity. I love the variety of puzzles. I love how each of the different ages has puzzles that are solved using different kinds of skills. There's like the logical skills, the mathematical skills, the observational skills. Um, just map finding and stuff like that. It's very, very pleasant. Um, I would go so far as to say that if, you know for nostalgic reasons, play the original Mist if that's what you want to see with the quick time and all of that. But if you want the very best version of Mist, play Mist Masterpiece Edition. Real Mist Masterpiece. Um, it's great. It's very, very beautiful. And I had a, a wonderful time with it. I even every time I play that game, you know, it has in-game short books that you read to put the different ages that you visit in context, and they're terrific little stories. So I love that game. Uh, yeah, that's it. You want? You have one more that you want to talk about?
0: Sure, I play. I did. <sighs> in the midst of talking about New Vegas and Oblivion and all that I actually did play Fallout 4 which I bought unfortunately <laughs> um the only thing I'm still worrying, wondering about is how the hell do, can I avoid going into the vault I don't want to go into the vault I want to see what happens if I can stay out in the world
1: oh are you supposed to go to a vault
0: I don't know if I'm supposed to go or not
1: you just came from one
0: true. I want to see if I can avoid going into the vault. I, as far as I can tell...
1: Oh, you mean you're at the intro? Yeah. The, whole, the game is called Fallout. I don't think there's much of a game without the nuclear holocaust.
0: I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't want the hol- nuclear holocaust to happen. Who wouldn't? <laughs> I'm just saying that I want to see if there's a way for me to, to not have to go into the vault. Because honestly, some people didn't go into a vault.
1: Oh, so you like want to get barbecued to a crisp?
0: Exactly. I mean, I'm already... Uh, my, sim, my, uh, my guy was already so ugly. What the, what the hell difference does it make if I get exposed to nu- nuclear radiation?
1: <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, your woman was pretty splotchy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I made, I was trying to go for an ugly, for kind of like a, a, a rugged, kind of like tolerably ugly, but I wound up making my character too ugly.
1: <laughs> Do you see your own face very often?
0: No, but it's still irritating me because there were times when I did
1: see her. <laughs> okay. This is basically like Oblivion, where you make your face, you spend three hours making your face, and then you never see it again. Mm-hmm. You, you put on a gigantic bucket on your head, and then, henceforth, you're a bucket guy. <laughs> All right, I guess that'll do it, huh? Yep. I need a snack. We're going to have a snack.
0: Well, what do you plan on having for a snack?
1: I don't freaking know. We'll think of something. Mm-hmm. I'm not making you popcorn. I'll make something. All right, tell these fine people where they can where they can talk to us, will you?
0: Okay. We want your letters, voicemails, etc. Yeah. So, um... And thanks, Emmanuel, for writing us, and thanks, uh... Robert, for writing us, and we'll read your uh, letter next week. Yeah. So, if you want to find our shit, you can find us on the web at squarefm.demodulated.com. You can send us emails at squarefm at Com, Or, you know, if you want to, you know, take the short route and just do 140 characters, we're, on Twitter, we are at squarewavesfm.
1: There we are. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We missed you guys. It's good to be back. And we'll uh, talk to you this time next... Oh, no. We won't be here next week. No, we won't. Ah, oh, we're doing a bachelorette <laughs> party for your cousin. Uh, cousins. It's both brides. Cousins. Two brides. Well, that'll be interesting.
0: And it's a co-ed party.
1: Yes. Yes. There's more gender diversity in the attendees than there is for the people getting married, which will be fun. Mm-hmm. I
0: and I'm, unfortunately, one of the people. It's three hours. It's, it's four and a half hours to Ottawa. Three hours.
1: Look it up on Google Maps. It's it's four hours away. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. It'll be a nice drive. Yes, it will. All right. So, we'll. I guess we won't talk to you next week, but it'll be in two weeks then. Jeez. Mm-hmm. All right. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye. Beep.